0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: When it comes to contraception, unless you're not having sex at all, you don't get much more effective than an IUD. So it's no surprise, a lot of young people want to use them. But despite so many good experiences, for some, getting an IUD is traumatic because the pain can be excruciating. G'day, it's Dave Marchese with you for the Hack Podcast. And in this episode, we're bringing you a special investigation into IUDs. You're going to hear all kinds of stories. We're asking the experts why there's not more access to pain relief for those getting IUDs and how much of an impact this is having on uptake of one of the safest and most effective contraceptives out there.
2: I can't recommend it enough as a form of contraception.
1: On Triple J. There are so many people who swear by them. So earlier this year, we did a story on Hack about how procedures for IUDs were gonna get cheaper under Medicare. And the response we had to that story was overwhelming. But it wasn't the Medicare rebate that you wanted to talk about. You were reaching out saying, how about you focus on the pain relief? And so we decided, yeah, we needed to have a look at this. And so for the past few months, hack has been working on an investigation with the ABC's background briefing program. And Hack reporters Claudia Long and Ellie Grounds have been covering it. Ellie's with me now. Hey, Ellie, thanks for jumping on. Hey, Dave. Firstly, can you explain what an IUD is? Because I know there's going to be a heap of people out there who don't really know much about them. Of
3: course. So IUD stands for intrauterine device and it's a small little T-shaped device. It's made of plastic. It's about three centimetres long and it's inserted through the vagina up through the cervix and then it sits in the uterus. And the way that it works to prevent pregnancy is it actually stops the way that sperm move and survive in the uterus and so they can't get to an egg to fertilise it. Now, in Australia, uh, we've got two types of IUDs. There are hormonal ones like the Marina and the Kylena, people might be familiar with, and they last for five years. And then we've also got non-hormonal copper ones, uh, and they last for five to ten years depending on which type you get. And as you said, they're extremely effective at preventing pregnancy. So copper ones, 99.5% effective, the Kylena, 99.7%, and the Marina, 99.9% effective. And um, they're actually what a lot of doctors refer to as set and forget contraceptives. And so, you know, it goes in there and it stays there for five to ten years. You don't have to think about it. So it means they're actually more fail-safe than something like the pill, which you have to remember to take every day, ideally at the same time to make sure
1: that it works. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. How popular are they in Australia as contraceptives?
3: Well, they're actually not as popular as every doctor that we spoke to uh, would like them to be. So Australia actually has a pretty low uptake compared to similar countries. There was a study done a couple of years ago by the United Nations in 2019 it showed only 4.6% of Australian women using them, and that's compared to 8.3% in the States and 10.3% in Western Europe. And the thing is, as well as being really good for contraception, they're also a really great option for people who have heavy, painful periods or conditions like endometriosis. So yeah, a lot of Australian doctors really would like to see more people using them.
1: Oh, we're getting so many messages already, (laughs) Ellie. The text lines exploding, people are calling in as well. We're getting messages on Hacks Instagram as well. Tessa says it felt like a hot poker was being ripped inside of me, 10 on the pain scale. Never again will I have it inserted in the chair. Another person says to women thinking of getting one to combat endometriosis, I've had a wonderful pain and drama free experience over 20 years. So keep your mind and your options open. Ellie, when did you and Claudia realise that there was an issue here with pain and pain relief and that sort of thing?
3: Yeah, well, you referenced at the beginning of the year back in March. Claudia did a story uh, when the last uh, government, the coalition government, raised the Medicare rebate, so the IED insertion procedure came became about twenty bucks cheaper. Um, which, you know, is good news, but everybody messaging in didn't really care about that. They wanted to know why there wasn't a Medicare subsidy for stronger pain relief. They wanted to know why. We weren't talking about the pain of the the procedure. Um, So Claudia took those messages and, and, you know, spoke to a whole bunch of people and a couple of months later did another story about pain specifically. And once again, we were just absolutely inundated. Um, with stories of people having pretty crappy times. And so at that point, we said, okay, well, there's clearly something going on here. And so we need to get to the bottom of why. Um, And I do want to stress that there are lots of people who have had awesome IUD insertion procedures. Their their appointments were really smooth and quick and relatively pain-free. So it's not all bad, and we're definitely not saying that but it did become pretty clear to us that there were enough people with bad stories that it was worth looking into.
1: Yeah, people hitting us up everywhere. Even like my private, you know, Instagram account, like in Mm. the DMs wanting to tell their stories. We've got messages coming through now. Someone says, people getting an IUD. I'm sorry, men get these. No, it's just women once again bearing the brunt. Another person says, I'm on year four of my second IUD and I love it. I don't need to worry about taking pills and I don't get the hormonal side effects I had on the pill. Let's hear a bit more about some of those experiences and Claudia Long's been talking to some young Australians about their IUD journeys.
4: I'm sitting there like, am I going to pass out? Am I going to throw up? I don't know if I can do this. Gosh, I am strong, but I don't know how if I'm strong enough. This is Dakota. She's 25, living in Tassie, and last year she got her second
0: IUD. As you can hear, it wasn't a pleasant experience, but we'll get to that in a sec. Getting her second IUD was an easy choice because her first had made her periods lighter, which really helped her get some relief from the debilitating pain caused by endometriosis. It makes life so much easier. Her first IUD was inserted while she was asleep for an endosurgery, and eventually it was time to get another one put in. But this time it would be different. She was going to be awake. The doctor had told her she might experience some mild
4: cramping and advised her to take a couple of over-the-counter painkillers. And a couple of the girls at work were like, oh, oh gosh, are you only taking two Panadol? Like, are you all right? And I thought, yeah, I'm good. And they were like, okay, it's pretty painful. I felt like I was in a safe environment and everything was going to be good. I'm laying flat on my back. There's a towel over my legs uh, and over my pelvis, um, and I'm asked to put my feet together and bring my knees outwards.
0: The doctor says they're going to apply some local anaesthetic spray, which could cause a bit of cramping.
4: That spray was so painful. That is not a mild cramping. It feels like someone is like inside me grabbing on my organ and like twisting it or like stabbing it or something. Dakota says her doctor was lovely, but understandably focused on getting the procedure done. I'm sweating. My heart is racing. I'm thinking, can I pull out now? Do you, is it possible to say I'm actually good? I don't think I want this anymore. But Dakota persists
0: because the IUD has been so important for managing her endometriosis, and surely the procedure's nearly over. She was told it would only go for a few minutes that the old IUD has only just been removed. And I thought, is that a joke?
4: It hasn't been replaced yet? I still have to do more? Removal of the old IUD and insertion of the new one also caused her pain. It's not a cramping feeling like what a lot of people get with their periods and it's, yeah, very, very sharp, cramping, stabbing feeling. After what Dakota reckons was about
0: 20 minutes, the IUD finally went in. The procedure was successful and, according to her medical records, completely routine with no complications. But that's not what Dakota remembers about it.
4: Everyone says you never really remember pain, but I definitely i feel like I can remember it. It was a lot. After leaving the clinic, she burst into tears.
0: These days, she still really likes her IUD and doesn't want to discourage anyone from getting one. But she does want health professionals to be upfront about possible pain during the procedure and set realistic expectations.
4: I don't think I feel I felt properly prepared. Before, during, after the procedure, it's not just one person and it's not just feeling a little bit sad after a procedure. It's not just a little bit of pain. This is like a lifelong thing and it does really, really affect people. Like
0: Dakota, Stevie Lee's first insertion wasn't what she expected. She wasn't given any painkillers or other relief in advance. Like it was absolute raw dog in it. And it was excruciating. In the moment, you know, it's almost like you're in shock. Eventually, the doctor gave her some local anaesthetic to the cervix halfway through. And once the procedure was done, Stevie Lee went on to absolutely love her IUD. I can't
2: recommend it enough as a form of contraception. It is so easy.
0: When it was time to get it replaced, she knew she wanted some stronger pain management. The doctor said to me, you
2: can opt to do it under a general anaesthetic, but that will require you obviously having to travel to Lismore is the closest day surgery. Um, So that's like 45 minute drive and you'll have to be out of pocket paying for all of that.
0: General can cost hundreds and that just wasn't something Stevie Lee could afford. So she booked in with the GP again, who this time told her to take stronger over-the-counter painkillers and prescribed her some Valium too. They only gave me, I think, a script for five milligrams of Valium. But after such a horror first experience, Stevie did not want to take any chances. So even though it went beyond the GP's advice, she took three times the Valium dose. On top of that, she was given a local anaesthetic, And in the end, it didn't even touch the sides of her pain.
2: It was still horrific, just absolutely horrible. I just remember just being in so much pain and needing mum there and needing that tether to this realm, basically, you know, if she hadn't have been there, giving me the little head rubs, I think I would have passed out. It was that excruciating.
0: And Stevie Lee's mum, Debbie, was horrified by what she saw happening. You know, I've worked with a dentist for 27 and a half years and uh, to me it it seemed like having a tooth pulled without anaesthetic. If you're listening to these stories and thinking, "Um, holy shit, no thanks, it's really important to keep in mind there's also a lot of people who have had IUD insertions that go much, much more smoothly. That was the case for Emily from the Gold Coast, who had her second IUD inserted while she was awake. Overall, like, I was really shocked at how smoothly the whole thing went. Emily had a secret weapon, though. She had a pretty good idea of what to expect because she's a nurse, and she's actually assisted with about 50 IUD insertions.
4: I was a little bit nervous because I have seen some people who have had somewhat uncomfortable experiences, so I knew that it would be intermittent pain. She says the doctor walking her through what to expect was key to having a good experience just so that you're actually aware like when you can expect to feel some sort of discomfort or um momentary moment of pain or whatever hack on triple J.
1: claudia long reporting there you are listening to hack i'm dave marchese and we're speaking about iud's a safe effective contraception but one that so many young aussies have struggled with because of a lack of pain relief when getting them inserted or removed. With me as well is hack reporter Ellie Grounds, who's been covering this as part of a special joint hack investigation with the ABC's Background Briefing Program. Oh, my gosh, Ellie. We've got so many comments coming oh, through many. on this one. Like, I knew that it would be a really big issue. I didn't expect this amount of comments. Kelly says, love my IUD, but I was able to have sedation to get it put in. I can't imagine doing it without pain relief. Another person, to his credit, my doctor did say it had hurt a lot and gave me permission to swear. I took a pill to relax the cervix. I cried and was glad my mum was there after. And another person says, I had an IUD put in without any pain relief, the pain was Excruciating, and then I drove myself home. I almost passed out while driving. As I went into cervical shock, I was 22 years old at the time, and was being and was told nothing from the gynaecologist about pain relief or having support to drive me home. I want to go to a call now. Sarah's on the line. Hey, Sarah, what was your experience with IUDs?
2: Hey, yeah. So I have actually had really great experiences personally. Um, really kind doctors and they walked me through all of my options so I straight away was like yes I would like to go under a sedation because I'm terrified of pain Um, but then when I um, have spoken about my experience with friends or online I'm just so shocked by the amount of people that didn't know that that was an option like so many people just have no idea that that's an option so i still post every now and then on Facebook just going, public service announcement, like if you're thinking about getting an IUD, you can ask for
5: a sedation
1: it's so, and go under. It's so true and that's what we're hearing there's just this huge discrepancy in information that people are getting when they're getting these IUDs and there's also discrepancies in people's experiences. Sarah, thank you so much for calling in with yours. Ellie, I know you're seeing a lot of comments come through as well on this now too.
3: Yeah, it's pretty overwhelming. Uh, some Someone has written in saying IUDs are the tip of the iceberg. Women's pain is never taken seriously. From IEDs to broken bones or back pain, women are routinely not believed and undermedicated. Certainly not the first person to raise that argument with us during this story. Another person has also said, the marina stopped my periods, giving me zero pain and freedom from heavy bleeding. It's been a godsend, but obviously not everyone's the same. Yeah, we've definitely learnt not everyone has had the same experience. Um, but by this point, we, we have learnt, you know, there are some good people, but there's also a lot of people whose IED insertions were, basically, for want of a better phrase, a total shit show. Yeah. Um, and Claudia and I wanted to figure out why. No procedure is always easy, that's Professor Kirsten Black. She's a gynaecologist in Sydney and she's performed more than 1500 IUD insertions herself.
5: My procedure's very quick, so I'm quite skilled at it. So it's very quick procedure and the pain um, is often very, very quick. So it's really initially just um, finding the cervix, stabilising the cervix, measuring the depth of the uterus and then putting the IUD in. And the process really generally only takes about two minutes. But that's when things go according to plan and they sometimes don't.
3: And Kirsten says it's not easy for a doctor to tell how an insertion might go until
5: they've already started. A person might have a retroverted uterus or a backward-facing uterus and it might just be really tricky to get around the corner of the uterus to get into the top of the cavity. Sometimes, if um, someone's had a cesarean section or two cesarean sections, the internal part of the cervix can be a bit scarred, so you can't actually get through the cervix to into the uterus. So there are a number, of, you know, number of different scenarios where the procedure actually can be really complicated.
3: Another potential reason for the pain is that we don't actually know for sure what works
5: to stop it. They're really is isn't a lot of evidence to support one strategy in particular. There's no evidence really to support um, taking oral medication beforehand.
3: Yeah, even though heaps of people are being told to pop a couple Panadol or Nurofen before their appointment, The research
5: doesn't show that actually works. The most effective seems to be using some topical anaesthetic cream uh, on the cervix and that can reduce the pain when you grasp the cervix and also the insertion of the IUD. But not every doctor's surgery may have that on hand all the time.
3: For a lot of people that messaged us to say their insertion really hurt, it wasn't so much the pain itself that they were pissed off about but the fact they didn't feel like they were warned it could hurt
5: so much. And Kirsten says that's not okay. I think it's just important to to give um, patients realistic expectations about what to expect, give them options of taking some pain relief beforehand if they want to.
3: So it got us thinking, when doctors get trained to put in IUDs,
6: what are they told to tell patients about how much it's gonna hurt? So I'm gonna share the screen, I've got Um, the online learning module that we use when somebody registers to do training with us. This is Dr. Sarah Whitburn from
3: Sexual Health Victoria. The family planning or sexual health organisation in each state and territory runs IED insertion training. And today, Sarah is walking us through what's in hers. Doctors who do this training do about six hours of online theory
6: and then a day and a half of supervised insertion placements. So I might show you where we list the different options for pain. Doctors are taught
3: they can offer the standard stuff we've heard
6: about like ibuprofen and local anaesthetic plus a whole bunch of other stuff too. We have tramadol and codeine and the green whistle in our clinic. So if somebody needs more painkillers during that time, we can provide it. And then we also talk about, you know, they'll see us talk to patients who might need something to take home and we can provide a script for a small amount of pain relief. Their pain relief module is very thorough, but what about how to talk about
3: pain? Well, there's actually a video in the training with a real doctor and an actor patient which is used as an example of how doctors should have the conversation. Some
6: people uh, barely feel it Mm. and some people find it quite uncomfortable, like a bad period pain, a little bit pinchy. uh, And that's sometimes when the period cramping can come on. In that montage,
3: the doctor uses words like pinchy and uncomfortable rather than painful. But it's kind of weird because in a public facing video on the Sexual Health Victoria website, the language is way stronger.
5: There's always some pain associated with having an IUD inserted. Some women get moderately severe pain with the procedure. We can't usually tell who's going to get bad pain and who isn't, but women who get painful periods and who haven't given birth are the ones who are most likely to um, have the higher end of pain.
6: And we wanted to know why. I think in our role modeling, they will watch us talk about pain when we're doing the insertion. And we, at Sexual Health Victoria, we do really want to mention pain, talk about pain. That's why we have this video on our webpage. I think what you're seeing there is that um, there is a variation in how people approach the insertion. Um, And so um, that doctor was um, presenting it in a way that that she she would do it so that we can role model that. Hack
1: on Triple J. You are listening to Hack. I'm Dave Marchese. We're speaking about IUDs today. And with me is Hack reporter Ellie Grounds. Ellie, a lot of messages. Emily in Newcastle says IUDs are really, really horrible. I had to get mine removed overseas after it started causing intense pain down my legs. Another person says, I think it's amazing, effective and convenient. However, I was in the fetal position for six hours after it. So Ellie, it kind of sounds like in the end, it's basically up to doctors how much they tell patients about pain and what words they use, even if they've had all of this really extensive training.
3: Yeah, I mean, Dave, what we found during this story is that there clearly isn't a consistent protocol around the language that doctors should use when they talk to their patients. And I mean, the pain element is kind of only one part of a really complicated situation here with IUDs. It's, it's very messy and I'm going to try to get through it, so bear with me. But basically, all the doctors we spoke to told us that right now, there aren't actually enough doctors, especially GPs across Australia doing IUD insertions. And they reckon it's because at the moment the Medicare rebate doesn't cover the cost of the procedure. It's still too expensive, which means that demand from patients isn't super high because they have to pay out of pocket. And so that means a lot of doctors don't actually reckon it's worth it to do the training and start offering IUD insertions and because they're not doing it super often it could potentially mean that when they do do it it might be longer more drawn out or potentially not not always but potentially more painful and so it's kind of this huge catch 22 right it's like we need more insertions to have to happen for doctors to get more experience But right now, there's not really enough people putting their hands up to get it done for doctors to get that experience. And so the people that we spoke to said, you know, the solution is really increase that Medicare rebate. So we asked the government if they're going to make it even cheaper than the last government did. Um, During the story, we asked the Assistant Health Minister, Jed Carney, who's in charge of women's health, if Labor would increase it more. She said they're looking into IUDs, but they wouldn't make any commitment around costs. And then today, we actually asked the Health Minister, Mark Butler, as well, and this is what he had to say
1: clearly still there are substantial issues, there are st- substantial barriers. There's no obvious reason to me why Australia should lag so significantly behind the rest of the developed world in the in the uptake of long-acting contraceptives, including IUDs. So, so this is something we are going to look at. We're not going to jump immediately to a conclusion about uh, what might transform this area, but it's very much a focus of Jed Carney's work as we've We've really asked her to focus particularly on women's health. That was Health Minister Mark Butler speaking today about the issues young Australians are facing with pain around IUDs. And we've got so many messages coming through still, message after message. And you know what? There are different experiences. People saying they had a great experience, others saying it was horrible and they, you know, wouldn't like to have it again. We've got Michaela on the line. Michaela, how was your IUD journey?
2: My IUD journey, my first initial one, was done with no sedation, no anesthetic, no pain relief either, um, and was horrific. I fainted and vomited everywhere and then had to drive myself home afterwards. But my exchange was done under general anesthetic, and I absolutely love my IUD. I would not be able to function in society without it. Um, but it's definitely
1: a huge thing that we really need to look at. Yeah, Michaela, so many thoughts backing you up, saying, I really love it so much. It's just the procedures that are really turning me off. Let's talk to another expert now. Associate Professor Gino Pecoraro is the President of the National Association of Specialist Obstetricians and Gynaecologists. He's with us now. Good day, Dr Pecoraro. Thanks for joining us on Hack. I want to ask you a pretty blunt question first. There are clearly a lot of issues here. So many of our listeners right now saying they've had awful experiences with IUD procedures. Is this just a case of women's pain being ignored?
7: Um, Look, I'm afraid I think it is. We've got examples all around when it comes to women's particular um, healthcare and in particular reproductive healthcare. We know from studies looking at heart attacks that women's perception or women's reporting of pain isn't taken as seriously as men. And so I think this is just another issue um, along those lines. We've got lots of problems with women's reproductive health care in this um, country, including a federal government-sanctioned gender-based discrimination policy where they allow the private health insurers to charge women double the price for health insurance that men have to pay if they want coverage for reproductive issues. So we've got a lot of work to do, I think.
1: One of the biggest questions we're getting is why general anaesthetic is not covered by Medicare.
7: Why is that? Well, it's not as simple as just general anaesthetic isn't covered by it. Um, First of all, um, I work out of Brisbane, which is a major capital city in a large state, and our big teaching public hospitals simply don't offer contraceptive services. So as recently as today, I received a letter from a hospital that I referred a patient to, and she specifically said she wanted to have her Mirena replaced and she wanted to have it under a general anaesthetic. I sent a letter to her local public hospital 14 months ago and the letter only came back to me today saying that they're not going to offer that, that they assessed her as not being suitable and that they were sending her back to my care. So that was 14 months for them to say that they weren't going to do it. If they said they were going to do it, the waiting time at that particular hospital is over 12 months, it's about 18 months and in other jurisdictions around Australia we're hearing that it's two years. So for that woman if she wants to Um, go on and have it done under a general anaesthetic. She has to have it done as a private patient in a private hospital. Now, even if she had insurance, the insurance would cover the the day surgery costs. If you don't have insurance, that runs at about $1,000. The Medicare rebate for putting in an IUD is $72, but the AMA recommended retail fee is $250. Medicare currently pays nothing to take out the old IUD, and sometimes that can be very difficult. If you've got a health insurance policy, all they are mandated by government to pay is 25% of the schedule fee, so that's only another $18. So we can see that we're probably about $2,000 out of pocket if you're not insured and you want to have it done privately, and that's just not good enough.
1: I mean, it just sounds crazy, what are other countries doing?
7: Well, in the UK, contraception is offered for free. Um, now, certainly that includes things like oral contraceptives. I'm not sure um, whether they will offer you insertion of an IUD under a general anaesthetic in an operating theatre, but lots of other countries are looking at offering uh, reproductive healthcare, like contraception for free. I want to point out to listeners that if you're having your progesterone-containing IUD inserted for things like uh, heavy periods or painful periods or endometriosis, which some of your listeners have described, then they can have it done in a public hospital. But if it's purely for contraception, certainly in big capital cities, they haven't got the facilities to do that because they're so busy and so chronically underfunded.
1: Dr. Pecoraro, is the answer that everyone should just get a local anaesthetic as a base like that there should be some minimum level of pain relief that's a given
7: certainly i wouldn't um uh, try to put in an iud without putting in what's called a paracervical block which is some local anaesthetic and there are other reasons not just control of pain for that. When you stretch the cervix you can actually cause the heart rate to drop, their blood pressure to drop and that's why some listeners have described feeling awful and actually vomiting. If you've had a vaginal delivery in the past then that's easier because you don't need to stretch up the cervix but even in women who've had a baby um, I give local anaesthetic look I've never had one put in myself, I'm a man but you know it's a very sensitive part of one's anatomy. I I would expect at least local anaesthetic to be the barest minimum.
1: And just quickly, we've only got 30 seconds left, but, you know, this, there's a, a lot of consequences of not making this more accessible, right? And doctors want to see it be more accessible.
7: Absolutely. The biggest one being that it has the lowest failure rate of contraception, and if you have an unplanned pregnancy and you decide to terminate or you decide to keep the baby, then that costs a lot more to the government and the community than appropriate funding for um, health care. All right. Associate Professor
1: Gino Pecoraro from the National Association of Specialist Obstetricians and Gynaecologists. Thank you so much for joining us on Hack. Thank you for having me.
0: Hack on Triple J.
1: And more messages through on the Triple J text line. Somebody says, I had my IUD inserted five years ago. I nearly passed out and they had to stop and they gave me the fentanyl whistle to be able to get through it. Another person, Joey from Tassie, says, I love my IUD as a contraceptive, but got my IUD on my lunch break because I was told it would just be mild cramping. It ended up being that I had to go home sick from work. And another person says, definitely wish I was knocked out for my IUD, was horrific and the longest 30 minutes of my life. The doctor I had was amazing, but my God, I'm dreading having it removed and reinserted in five years. Definitely an issue that so many people are speaking up about. And, you know, even politicians are saying we need to be seeing some action on this and some more support for women's health. That is all we've got time for on the Hack Podcast for now. I'll catch you next time.